Welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is John, and today I'm joined by Josh. Josh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, man, how's it going? It's a privilege to have you on. Uh, this is not only your first time or your second time on the show. <laughs> Why do I always have such a problem remembering when you came on the show, right? Not only will it be your second the second time on the show, but you are helming the ship today, Captain. I am. It is uh, moving up in the world at a brick pace. <laughs> I completely agree, and it's our pleasure to have you aboard, man. Like, it's it's been something that we've been, you know, tossing about, and and uh, you've always been such a, a great contributor to the show that it, it, it made logical sense for somebody as involved in you, as you to, to ask and see if it was even something that interested you. Uh, and I, for one, always enjoy our interactions with you on Twitter, so I think it's very cool that you're going to be uh, now hosting shows with me and, and on the City Bump and tweeting from American Citizens moving forward. You are uh, – the duo has officially become a trio. Yep, and I am. Uh, it is an honor to join you guys. I've loved what what you guys have been doing ever since I started listening to the pod, and um, I'm just here. Hopefully, you know all the listeners, everyone that follows us on Twitter, um, hoping that I contribute, and I'm gonna do my best to just uh, be a part of the trio. We're gonna talk as much city as we possibly can. So let's get right to it, Josh. There is a game coming up in just a couple of days. I freaking know, dude. I am so (laughs) damn excited. Like, everyone keeps talking about, like, it's almost football season. And I'm like, dude, it is football season. It's not my fault that you're like the wrong sport. Now, we both love American football and college football. So we are equally as excited for that. But if you are a Manchester City fan, Life, life, like fresh life, as you know it, will be breathed into your soul this Saturday. Yes, absolutely. Luckily, I live on the East Coast. We get that nice 1230 kickoff time. So right in the middle of the day, going to definitely be watching this one. I will have no issues getting my ass up at 9.30 in the morning to watch Manchester City play their season opener. Never will you have seen somebody jump out of bed as quickly and happily as as I will on Saturday. Like, I will probably – I probably won't sleep much because I'll be so damn excited and I'll wind up watching that, like – 4.30 4.30 in the morning game that nobody in, in their in, in their bright mind would watch on the West Coast, <laughs> but I'm going to end up doing it just because I am so excited for the Premier League season. I, I just, I can't even, USC at Western Michigan, or at, uh, yeah, Western Michigan and uh, uh, Man City at Brighton are... And, and, you know, the best part is is my birthday is on Saturday, so I feel like this is a birthday present. 
Oh, well, there you go. Well, happy early birthday as well, buddy. Oh, I wasn't fishing, but I appreciate it. I just, I really <laughs> feel like, no, I'm serious. I really wasn't. I, I, But I do feel like getting a competitive game after what you and I already talked about on a previous podcast, such a stellar preseason, like, um, I've been foaming at the mouth for an actual competitive game for City and, and to see what this is all going to mean. And and I think you are too. Exactly. I mean, when you get the preseason like the ICC, it, that's just the morsel. It's an appetizer. We're about to get the full course. It's coming. Everyone's looking forward to it. The games actually matter now. So – Let's talk City. Um, what are your thoughts about, I guess, the what's a prediction for your starting 11? Let's just jump right into that. All right. You and I, or you know that Gray and I hate doing predictions because Pep is, is so erratic at what he does because he lines his teams up um, – based on what he thinks will give him the tactical advantage. And sometimes yep. that is going to be uh, inclusive of Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva. Either Sometimes that means one of them will play, the other one will sit, and you'll see more on the wings, like with Raheem Sterling and Leroy Sané. Um, I personally think that Pep is going to overload um, playing guys like Sané and Sterling um, to get the, the, the pace going up and down the attacks. Uh, I think there will be one striker. I know he toyed with two, but um, I, I think it'll be a 3-5, maybe like a 3-6-1, but with the, that six being basically uh, operating as as a false nine or a second striker, you know, just the ability to drift in and out. And I think that'll be like De Bruyne's role maybe. But I also wouldn't be shocked at all to see David Silva and, and Kevin De Bruyne line up and, and you get Aguero and Jesus with, with uh, – I, I just – I know it's going to be Company Stones, Otamendi, uh, Walker, and Danilo, and Ederson. That much I pretty much know. The back five. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that seems to be a lot of reports are that City's going to be playing this back three, the triple headed combo of Company Stones and Otamendi. Um, and you think that that is going to carry over into the start of the Premier League season. Absolutely. Pep loved dispatching three fullbacks at the back at Bayern. It was something he did with immense regularity. Um, If you have three fullbacks capable of playing the position and you have guys with the ability to get back like Danilo and Walker, we saw in the Manchester United game, how surprised some of United's wingers were when Kyle Walker was all of a sudden right up in their business. Like last year, that was acres of space and a potential one-on-one with the goalkeeper. This year, it's like, oh, crap, where'd you come from? City have the ability to to play those, those wings. And I think that 
having three competent center backs. And look, I mentioned this on our last podcast. I think John Stones having the type of preseason that he did is so damn important. It's so incredibly important that he had the season preseason that he had because I think he is brimming with confidence right now. He is absolutely brimming with confidence. And this is good. This is this is the John Stones that Peps need needed to coax out, needs to help stay at the surface. And I think that having the cover, having people there who can minimize some of his mistakes as both a youngster and sort of uh, a uh, – he's an attack-minded center back. He doesn't mind bringing it out. I, I forget the game last year where he brought the damn thing down into the 18-yard box and – he eventually got dispossessed, but people were cheering him, you know, like this is a center back performing take-ons and winning. Oh, yeah. So I, 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 think, uh, I think dispatching three at the back with the two wing backs gives Pep just options up front. Just how do you want to attack people? I agree. And actually, to that point, you mentioned earlier that – uh, Let me flip it to you. How do you think yeah, it's okay. going to line up? What's your lineup so, prediction? So I go with the back five, three at the back, same as you. I think that it's been widely reported. I agree. I think that in the middle we are going to see David Silva and KDB. And then I think in front of them we're probably going to see – I'm actually going to agree with you on this, Josh. I think we are going to see one lone striker this game. I think it's going to be Jesus. And I say that because I think Pep loves Jesus. He wants to get him as involved as he possibly can. And against a team like Brighton, getting him a goal or maybe two, get that confidence set in the opening game, can really set the tone for the entire season for a younger player like that. Yeah, I also think that with he, Sterling, and Sané, you also – it could even be Bernardo Silva. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Bernardo Silva play ahead of Sterling and maybe play on the right-hand side with with Leroy Sané manning the left. Um but I think having that creativity and pace up front is something that Pep's going to want in that first game. I think he's like, it's like Gray and I said, I don't think he's going to go in there and tell these guys, look, what I want you to do is, is run up the score. I, I don't think that that's going to happen, but I think what he's going to say is if the goals happen, fine. What you need to do is just focus on playing as a team and 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 working on those link up plays like whatever happens as as a result happens you know you don't need to feel ashamed yep. if you put six or seven past them like we're not here to care about their feelings. You go out there, you do your job, and if you have a shot on net, put it in exactly. I'm right there with you. And I, and let's let's go ahead. That's a good transition into talking about 
you know, not wanting to necessarily embarrass the other team, but Brighton, to be honest, I really had no idea about this team at all. Why do you think, why do you think, why do you think Gray punted on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Put, put the new guy up. I see how it is now. (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I, I did a little bit of research in, into them. And, you know, I think most of, even if you're a casual EPL fan, you know, you should be aware that Brighton is one of the teams that was in the Premiership last year. They finished second uh, behind Newcastle, and so now this year they're in the EPL. And when I was looking into their numbers, at least for a championship side, they did all right. They had the article that I, that I read had them as 74 goals um, scored against 40 allowed. So to me, that kind of said, you know, this team, number one, must play pretty strong at the back. And then number two, they at least have some competency going forward. Do you – are you familiar with them? Have you looked at any old championship highlights to get – kind of ready for the game on Saturday? No, but the reason that I did wasn't out of disrespect to Brighton. It's because uh, the the work that I do and I get paid for uh, covering college football, it, it's rapid. The season's rapidly approaching, and the Trojans are one of the more highly ranked team in the nation. Not that anybody cares about this stuff, but – that means my film watching has shifted from, uh, uh, you know, what I like to do to what I have to do. Uh, so I need a chance to look up at Brighton as much as possible. But I did see some of the stats that you were pointing out. And, you know, uh, Newcastle should have won the premiership last year. You know, like it, it just should have happened. Um they had oh, yeah. the be- they had the best damn coach. He got some money to put into the squad. They kept some of their key players, and you know what? They they did what Newcastle absolutely should have done. Um, but yep. Brighton were a fun surprise uh, second place team, and I think that uh, part of the reason that they they were able to finish second is because. They had a a competent defense. It wasn't – it's not amazing, but they were close to a two-to-one ratio. You know, like it was 70-40 versus like 80-40 goals for versus goals against. So they were they're, – they're just under a two-to-one ratio, um, which means that they do have defensive weaknesses. And for a team like Manchester City – if, 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 if they're pressing like Guardiola's teams used to press, Bayern did in those first 20 minutes to open up the scoring, um, or, or even Barca, just Bar- Guardiola's mandate is get on the board as quickly as possible. Like that's our, you know, we can relax a little after we get a lead, but they have enough weaknesses at the defensive end of the pitch that Manchester city should be able to score within those first 20. And I, I realize that might be a bold take, 
but we're talking about a freshly promoted team that gave up 40 goals to premiership competition going up against one of the Premier League's highest-scoring teams that was missing one of its strikers for a good portion of the season. Um, You know, you think about the what-if goals for Manchester City, and forget about the points, just what would the goal tally have been, you know? So I think this year you're going to see the type of goal tally you expect out of a Pep Guardiola team with this much frontline firepower. And I think that, that, that he's going to, that's why he's going to go with, you know, guys like maybe Bernardo Silva and Leroy Sané because it gives them that pace, that creativity, and just the ability to just burn past these guys and put one in on that. I agree with that. And even though it is at Brighton, they're Don't a – Yeah, they're it, – it's a championship squad. It's a championship-level arena. I mean, the, the players that that city have are not going to be intimidated by that in the slightest. Let's just be realistic. Um, speaking about the Brighton, you know, they're kind of individual players – uh, I did look, just a little bit of looking at them. They have their, arguably their, their strongest guy, and someone who I think could actually give City a little bit of trouble if City doesn't take keep their focus, is their winger, Anthony Knockart. He, last year he had 15 goals, second on Brighton. He led them in assists with nine. He's kind of a do-everything wing for them. And... To me, if Brighton are going to make it as much of a game as they can, they're going to need a player like that to capitalize on if City's high press can break down and they get some one-on-ones with our center backs. You know, Otamendi's not the fastest center back. Uh, To me, I think he's the slowest of the three. So if Brighton are going to try to exploit anything, that's what I would try to do. And their manager, Chris Hewton, he used to be at Newcastle and Norwich. He has the EPL experience. So this is not going to be, you know, some new guy who's going to try something out. No, I think Brighton are going to be prepared as much as they can. Yeah, I I completely agree. And you know the 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 Frenchman knocker, which you know, most people would assume is probably Dutch, but he's actually a French winger. Um, the guy's got some pace. He's got some ability. Um, this is a club that does have competency. Ironically enough. <laughs> He had been at Leicester City and decided that he was going to leave them. He didn't feel the deal was to his liking, so he bounced from Leicester City uh, two years before. Uh, yeah, so what what could have been, my friend? What could have been? Um, exactly. Now, but coming back to what you were stating, man, it, look, Brighton understand that Manchester City are going to own possession. We saw that this year in the preseason, whether it was Real Madrid, who, by the way, put out a damn good team. They didn't have yep. Ronaldo, but they were chasing shadows. And yep. and and 
I understand, and it needs to be mentioned that Real Madrid had they'd they'd been playing a lot. Like they 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 didn't necessarily want to play that game that night um, because they'd been playing so much, and it is the preseason, and usually don't put players under that much uh, work. Uh, in such a short amount of time in the preseason. But nonetheless, that's what happened with Real Madrid. They're one of the more popular teams, but, but City just had them chasing shadows. It was, it was an impressive and dominating performance. And in every game that City played, it was possession, possession, yep. possession. You're starting to see those 68%, 70% possession uh, stats that pep teams are known for. And look, that doesn't mean you're going to win every game because counter is a B. But you know what? It does, uh, having 68 to 70 plus percent of the ball means you're going to have a lot of opportunities to bang them past them. And I think that Brighton know that. And that's why I said yep. if you are Brighton, you have to hunker down and almost take an Iceland approach. And, you know, I, I I say that looking at the way that Iceland defended at the Euros. You know, they, they did it in blocks of four in their two strikers. They they maintained their positional uh, the, uh, awareness at all times. This was the team that was in, in lockstep with the guy next to them. That's really what Brighton are going to have to do. If they want to keep the game at a respectable level, maybe even get a point out of it, I don't know, possibly steal the victory. Stranger things have happened. Remember, Pep Guardiola lost his first game to some no-name crap club when he first took over Barcelona and people wanted his head. And then then he delivered the world. Um, so, you know, stranger things have happened, but I think you and I both fully expect that Brighton know they're going to be in for a long day of running and chasing, and their best bet is going to be on the counter. Yes, and, you know, looking back to last season, teams that did just hunker down, put ten and a half guys behind the ball, basically, if not all 11, they gave City some trouble. I think that's fair to say. And to me, though, Pep recognized that, and that's why the wingbacks that we have now, to me, that's going to be the difference, is the lower part of the table clubs are going to try to turtle up, park the bus, whatever euphemism you want to use, they're going to try to play that way, thinking that City are the city of last year. When, with the upgrades we've made, to that I have to say, good luck. Um, The overlaps are, to me, going to be merciless this year. Yeah, and that's exactly why I feel like there's going to be two wingers playing on Saturday is I think Pep's going to want that ridiculous pace, just guys going up and down and assaulting Brighton at every level. 
whether it's yep. the mid, whether it's the midfield, whether it's the wingbacks, whether it's the defenders, like they're going to be assaulted at every level. And and yeah, I I just it's going it's going to come down to how well can City penetrate those blocks because as you said it's fair to say that when teams hunkered down city didn't have the ability to unlock defenses there were times when they had creative play that created chances which you're going to do in football but if you were a team going up against city you take those one or two chances that never found the back of the net over the alternative any day of the week. And, and, and moreover, when teams got going, they knew that they could play the ball to the edge and that their wingers would be able to get there. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just when, you know. So yep. launch it up to the left or the right and trust that, <laughs> that your guy is going to end up winning it more often than not. That's not the case this year. Kyle Walker and Danilo can both unlock defenses. They both have the creativity to shift inside and play that central defensive midfield role as well, providing another anchor at the base of that three in the back. So both of these guys can do it. But I also think that the addition of Bernardo Silva, if only even by competition, I think he's going to see significant minutes. And I think the competition that he and Sterling are going to have with one another are going, and I don't know, he'll probably play on the left-hand side too, but I think he's going to make both wingers better players as a result of, of what he's going to bring and present to Pep as his audition, if, if that makes sense. I completely agree with that. No, I mean, having – you know, the depth is one thing, but having that competition, absolutely. I mean, if you're a top-flight player, you're not afraid of your teammates. You go out every day wanting to be the best possible that you can, and if you're being pushed that hard in practice, frankly, on game day, sometimes it just it's easy. Um, you hear that in professional sports a lot. But let's um, – about the game then, Josh, I want to ask you, if you can, what would you say if Manchester City wants to win the game, what are the, what's the top things that you think they need to do on Saturday? Okay, well, first and foremost, they need to show that same ability to retain possession with, with dominating, uh, uh, ball skills, if you will. Everybody, including the center backs, will showcase their ability to not just fake people out, but to play beautiful balls, to play, you know, just maintain possession, flick it on, chip it up, do what you need to do, be as creative as possible. That's first and foremost. The city can do that. That sets up the 68 to 70% possession. So beyond that, you know where I'm going here. They need to be more clinical. Absolutely. If they're clinical and they have that kind of possession, it's just how many goals do they put up. 
that's that that's that's it. That's really what it comes down to. I'm right there with you, man. That's that's my keys as well. Um, the crossbar was the best defender for way too many teams last year. City can't have a repeat of that. If you've got the shot, take it, bury it, on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, and and you know there were times too when when it wasn't even the crossbar, just you know looking at Gabriel Jesus's miss preseason that the crossbar didn't stop that one. <laughs> um, you yeah, of Raheem Sterling's miss that went just wide, crossbar didn't stop that one. Nope. Um, although neither were as bad as uh, wasn't it. Chelsea, uh, Peter Chet, no, um, the goalkeeper for Chelsea that skied the penalty. I think NASA might have caught that thing going into low level. Courtois? Yes. Not quite that bad, at least. <laughs> no, but you know what? I saw somebody defending the decision to send him up. And well, the point... And the point was this. All right, look at Ederson. H- how good is Ederson with his foot? Yeah. Oh, I actually would trust how, Ederson. How good? To how convert. good? Is, exactly. How good is Ederson with his passing? How good is Ederson with his long-range passing? Like Courtois can do all of those things as well. So that's why I understand why he might get a shot at a penalty over some, you know, youngster that's playing, you know, like you want to win the damn game, you send up your best players. And if you've subbed off 75% of your starting 11 because that's what you do in these preseason games, then Courtois would represent one of your best five players. So, Yep. I under I understand it. I don't think he would take that penalty in in like a Capital One Cup final shootout. But you know, I, I, I in an ICC match, who gives a damn? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh. Let's go on record that if Ederson ever steps up to the penalty spot, it was he our has idea. Our confidence. Yep. Oh, all right. Well, yes. Yeah, he does have my confidence. I trust Ederson's holy leg to do a lot of things, dude. That thing is blessed. It We're is calling blessed. it right here. <laughs> American Citizens Podcast. We're calling it. If Ederson ever is at the penalty spot, it's going. All in on Ederson. All in on Ederson. That's All it. right, so do, you, so do you. What do you think City need to do? If I remove... If I remove, be more clinical, and and control possession, what are a couple of things that you saw in the preseason that you would like to see City be a bit better about in the regular season? Maybe maybe it had something to do with passing or clumsy decision-making. What is it that you think? To me, I think it, it would be on the defense. And I would say continue – what they did against Tottenham, and be physical, be bullies. We're going to have players that are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic than Brighton. They just are. 
They need to go out and play like it. To me, that's the number one thing is just boss them. When Brian do manage to touch the ball, don't be afraid. Go in. Would you say like Phil, Phil Foden taking the ball off of Paul Pogba, like that in a nutshell is what City need to be? Oh, yeah. No fear. I mean, go in and 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 get it. You know, there's there's recklessness, and then there's just knowing that you are in the superior position. And against a team like Brighton, I'm honestly okay with, you know, some of our more aggressive defenders like Otamendi. Maybe, the, you know, go out and do take that, that chance because the odds of your teammates being able to cover for you are much greater. The, the risk-reward factor, to me, is increased if you're playing to a lower caliber of opponent. So if there's ever a game for Stones to dribble it into the 18 and see what happens, you know, this is the game. Go for it. We're the better team. Let's show it. Yeah. Yep. I would also say, too, that, and we talked about this on another podcast, if you're looking for another thing, be as clinical on set pieces as they were in the preseason. If City can convert set pieces with the regularity that they did in the preseason, then, yeah, that's just – it's. look, they have world-class players. They can come up with goals from every angle, man. Like, yep. And and the thing that I love about Otamendi, look, I realize a lot of people weren't high on him and there was a possibility he may have gotten sold this past summer. But, look, I don't – I think Pep rates him highly – I do. I think Pep loves his grittiness. I think Pep loves his his willingness to you got to have one guy on the team that's going to go back, go out there and uh um uh pay somebody back. And there's that video of Otamendi <laughs> pointing and saying, "I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you back." And uh, Chicharito. Yeah, yep. yeah, Chicharito is looking at him in the West Ham game saying, don't worry, dude, I'm going to get you back. I got you. And and I think that's exactly what you need. So, um, yeah, that, 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 uh, okay, uh, so that would be another thing that I would say. Okay, well, um, why don't we go ahead and move on to our predictions and wrap this thing up. I like it. All right. So, unsurprisingly, I think Man City are going to win this game. And I think we're going to do it with a clean sheet. Um, I'm going for 3-0 to City. I have much bigger set of stones than you do. And I uh. <laughs> I think it will be 4 or 5-0 to City. Nice. I, I like. I have. I haven't decided which, but I think it'll at least be four nil. I may be a little bit conservative, but I, I I see three. I think all three though will come from just free play. You know, if we do get to four or five, in my opinion, at least a couple of one or two of those are going to be from set pieces or a penalty. Those then, yeah, or a PK um, taken by Ederson. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would be fantastic. But I, 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 both of us see an easy win at the end of the day. Yep, sure do. All right, so with that, um, I'll wrap it up here saying that you can follow us on Twitter. We will be back after the game on Saturday and during the game on Saturday with the city bump. But you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens, and that city spelled with a Y. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at FightOnTwist. Um, I'm verified, so it's not that hard to find. I got the Groom Reaper as my avatar. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter at JD Siegley, spelled S-E-I-G-L-I-E. So, yes, one, a very unique last name. And actually, Josh, very briefly, um, we are good enough to have Gray, the trifecta member, tweet us in very briefly, asking if City are going to suck less against newly promoted teams, unlike we did last year. Gray, I think the answer, yes. Yeah. God, please, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, they will. I I think City will be much better across all fronts, Gray, and you know it. So don't don't be right, such a, don't be such a worry, Warren. So with that, we are out of here, and I would like to thank our sponsor, Blog Talk Radio. As ever, uh, this episode will be up sooner rather than later, and we will catch you next time here on the American Citizens Podcast. Have a good one, everybody.